0: Nuwanez now, the one-stop shop for all things sports across the Treasure State each and every weekday on 102.9 ESPN, Mizzou, as well as statewide on SWX Montana Television. I am Coulter Nuwanez. I'm broadcasting to you live from Boise, Idaho. I'm at Idaho Central Arena here in downtown Boise. The Big Sky Conference Tournament continues on. We've got... Uh, Five games in the books so far. Three of them happened yesterday in the first round for the women's tournament. We got two quarterfinals in the books as well. The quarterfinals earlier today included Idaho State breezing past Portland State, the top seed of Bengals, into the semifinals of the Big Sky Tournament after dispatching Portland State. They'll take out Northern Colorado, who get it out. A hard-fought 63-59 win over Southern Utah. The Bears are the four seed. Thunderbirds are the number five seed. So Northern Colorado will take on Idaho State tomorrow in the semifinals at 5 p.m. Right now, the Northern Arizona and uh, Northern Arizona Lumberjacks are the seventh seed and the Idaho Vandals are the number two seed, are about set to, to start uh, the third quarterfinal of the day. And uh, we've got a lot to get to in this hour. If you missed anything in the first hour of the show, you can find it on the podcast. All your various podcasting platforms. Just search Nuanez now. That's N-U-A-N-E-Z. You can also go to our station website, 1029ESPN.com. Click on the podcast tab. You'll find uh, the podcast stream there as well. The podcast is presented by Blackfoot Communications as well as the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. It's a Tuesday, so that means it's time for our Treasure State Stars. Treasure State Stars proudly presented in part by parkside credit union parkside credit union has all types of mortgages great rates on auto and recreational vehicle loans low rates with no credit card fees so say yes to savings at parkside credit union they also love to say yes They're the best place to get a loan in all of western montana treasure state stars treasure state star number one it's going to go to the entire class a state girls basketball championship it was a thriller it was a game that I think a lot of people is, that watched it called an instant classic from Billing Central head coach jatan Ailes. She said, as a player and as a coach, I am quite confident to say that that will go down as one of the best state championship games ever played in the state of Montana. I could not be more proud of my girls who left their hearts out there on the court. It's extremely humbling to be the head coach of such an incredible group of human beings. That was after Billing Central 64-60 to double overtime loss to Haver. Her, have her head coach Dustin Kraske on to say, this was a crazy, crazy basketball game. Our kids played so well and give so much credit to Billing Central. That was a hef- heck of a basketball team as well. If I took anything from that game, it was just how good Building Central was. So congratulations to all the young ladies that played in that game. Sadie Phileas, one of the heroes for Haver. She missed two free throws late in the Eastern A title game that gave Building Central the crown. But Haver, they got redemption in the state championship game. Philly has scored 18 points in the title game to help Haver to their third title in four victories. Also their fourth title since 2014. So the Blue Ponies have established themselves as the class of the Class A ranks Yelena Miller, she also was a beast for Haver. She had 27 points, with 6-foot sophomore. She had 21 of those points after halftime. She converted 5 of her 7 shot attempts and 11 of 13 from the free throw line to score a game-high 27 to lead the Blue Ponies. Like I said, that's Haver's third state title in four years. Their fourth since 2014 and their sixth overall. Building Central now 8-2 in Class A state title games. They're 3-2 two since 2010. They are the co-champions last season. And Maya Hansen from Building Central, future Lady Grizz, she scored 35 points in the loss for the Rams. The Class A title game, that's our second for the boys' side. That is our second Charter State Stars. We're just giving it up to all the great athletes here from around the state of Montana, but these were some great games. So worth noting that the boys' state title game featured Billing Central taking down Dylan 49-39. For Billing Central, Block Blatter, he had 12 points to lead the team. Malachi Stewart, another really talented senior for Billing Central, he had 8 points. And uh, the Rams, a pr- impressive, 56% shooting from the floor. They also had a great defensive game plan. They uh, held Dylan to 29% shooting overall, and they held Dylan to 10 points. That's right, 10 points in the first half. But congratulations to Building Central for getting it done in the state title game. I know Riley Corcoran, our guest host from time to time, or actually most of the time on this great show, Voice of the Grizz, he's a Building Central alum, and he's pumped up about uh, the Rams making the state title game on both sides, and uh, especially the boys taking home the state title. Treasure State Stars number three. Treasure State Stars, by the way, proudly presented by Missoula Electric Co-op. Missoula Electric Co-op provides a 95% carbon-free footprint to all of their members, they're focused on renewable energy, and they've created three, count them three community solar programs for their members to take part in and benefit from. In the fall of 2018, Missoula Electric Co-op launched a new huge 189-panel uh, array that produces 54.8 kilowatts, and they also have a great scholarship program as well. So Missoula Electric Co-op, they're taking care of their members, and they're contributing to the sustainability of our community. Treasure State Star number three, this is amazing. Cooper Birdwell he's a wrestler from Lewistown Montana Birdwell who's an Oklahoma State commit he joined a really select group of four time state champion in the state of Montana he became the 37th guy to wrestle his way to his fourth consecutive state title but here's what's even more rare Cooper Birdwell went 42 and 0 this season his senior season at 132 pounds that caps a career in which he went 107 0 that's right, undefeated for his entire wrestling career. Cooper Birdwell, 176-0. That's how you get yourself a scholarship to Oklahoma State. So good on the Lewistown product. And uh, he is one of just four young men ever in the state of Montana, including Missoula Sentinel's Gene Davis from 1960 to 1963, Billing Skyview's Bo Malia from 2001 to 2004, and Townsend's Jade Rouser from 2008 to 2011. Those are the only other three wrestlers in the history of the state of Montana to go undefeated, stem to stern, in their high school wrestling careers. Treasure State star number four. We go to the college wrestling ranks. It's Luke Weber. He was the champion of the Big 12 Conference while wrestling for North Dakota State. He, as a redshirt senior, he defeated... Wyoming's Cody Moore, eleven-seven 7 in the Big 12 Championship match. Luke Weber, he hails from Forsyth. He's one of those 37 state champions that earned four state titles during his high school career at Forsyth. He was at Forsyth from 2013 to 2016. So Luke Weber from Forsyth wrestles at North Dakota State, the Big 12 champion in his 165-pound weight class pretty darn impressive treasure state stars presented by parkside credit union and missoula electric co-op both proud sponsors of youth athletics around the great state of montana pivoting on you here on Nuanas now i'm colton new you're listening to 1029 espn missoula you might be watching on statewide television swx montana television whatever way you're listening in or tuning in we really appreciate you for being a part of the show i am in boise idaho broadcasting to you from Idaho Central Arena here in downtown Boise. You see the uh, third quarterfinal of the day between the Idaho Vandal women and the Northern Arizona women is underway. Idaho out to a 7-2 lead about four minutes into the game, so a good start for Idaho. The winner of this game will clinch a berth in the semifinals, and then they will play the winner of tonight's nightcap between Montana State and Sacramento State. I plan on this show being... uh, pretty heavy in a cat grizz women's basketball preview but that was not the case one of the biggest upsets in the history of the big sky tournament one of the biggest upsets suffered by the once proud lady grizz program it occurred last night sacramento state defeated montana 65 to 58 the first time a number 11 seed has ever won a game in the women's tournament at the big sky conference basketball tournament so a devastating upset for lady grizz great upset for sacramento state and sac state they'll get a chance against the third seeded bobcats at 8 p.m. tonight. We're going to go outside of the Big Sky Tournament realm, but keep it in the college basketball realm. It is March Madness across the country, and I know that the uh, Division One gets a lot of love. We have a lot of great basketball teams in the state of Montana that are at the NAIA level as well. The Frontier Conference for both the men's and women's leagues, one of the best leagues uh, in the country at the NAIA level, and that is a testament to the great coaches. And on the men's side, the University of Providence, under the direction of Hall of Fame coach Steve Keller, They have a number one seed. They won the Frontier Conference Tournament for the first time uh, as a program. And Steve Keller, who spent 11 years at Montana Western, had great success for the Bulldogs. He's getting it done now at Providence after moving within the league to a different job. And uh, they have a lot of talented players. They take the number one seed into the NAIA National Tournament next week, or I guess this weekend, uh, in Lewiston, Idaho. So here's my conversation with University of Providence men's basketball coach Steve Keller. This is our Coach's Corner, presented by Opportunity Bank of Montana. Well, happy now to continue our coverage of Frontier Conference basketball as well as the NAIA National Tournaments. And welcome into the show... Steve Keller, he is the head coach at the University of Providence, a longtime coach from around uh, the state of Montana. A long high school career at Helena High, coaching both the boys and the girls. 11 seasons at Montana Western, and now in his second season there, coaching the Argos in Great Falls.
3: Coach, congratulations on all your success. How are you? Doing good, culture. Uh, feeling pretty good. I went through the battle, you know, a little bit with the COVID in January and survived it i guess so um but feeling good
0: well your team coming off of a great run in the frontier conference tournament to claim the tournament title so i want to ask you about the dynamic first you had a lot of success at montana western you won the frontier conference both regular season and tournament titles multiple times and now here in your second year at providence what's been the key factor for your team to sort of turn the corner and get into that upper echelon and now be called frontier conference champions
3: Well, yeah, Colter, it's actually my third year here at Providence. I guess we went 24-8 and last year, and, and, you know, we're selected to go to the national tournament, but, of course, as everybody knows, we shut down. So um, third year here, and to be honest with you, it's the first time, you know, we won the conference like three other times at Western Co-Champions, so this was the first time that we've actually won one uh, by ourselves, and I never did win a tournament title, at Western, so this was new territory for me, and uh, all credit to the guys that played. Holy smokes, you know we got some new guys in, and they they fit in quickly. and And we lost two games in a, a league that's one of the better leagues in the country.
0: Valentine's Day, Providence loses to Carroll College. That then sparks what is a five-game winning streak that culminates in a 20-point win over Carroll in the Frontier Coverage Championship uh, earlier this week. So was that a turning point for your team, Coach, and how have you improved uh, since that last loss that's got you on this nice hot streak going into the national tournament?
3: Well, Carroll's a great basketball team, you know, and, you know, they've had a great history recently, and, um, you know, they always got a good team. They're well-coached, and, uh, yeah, well, uh, they they exposed us to some things, and uh, sometimes winning hides things you're doing wrong, and, and they exposed us, and we went to work on some of those things. We guarded them a little different the next time around, and um, we're definitely not 20 points better than Carroll College, but we were in the championship night. <laughs> What do you like
0: about just the, the complexion and identity of this team, and how would you define just the way that your team has played thus far that has gotten you to this point now to be a top seed heading into the national tournament this weekend?
3: Well, everybody knows we have Zacchaeus Darko Kelly, who is, you know, arguably up for the running of the best player in the nation in AIA, so you know, he's been consistent. He leads us in every statistical category, but I think the key to our team is he doesn't need to score 25 or 30 for us to win anymore. We've got We've had four or five other guys that have had 20 points at one time or another. So um, at the end of the shot clock, you got to have players that can make plays. And and uh, we got quite a few of those right now. So it takes a little pressure off of Darko Kelly.
0: Doug Kelly, an outstanding athlete who's been really fun to watch. He's actually a Missoula Sentinel grad, so he is somebody that has ties to the Garden City as well, and uh, certainly in in the conversation as an NAI All-American I know that Coach, he originally was with you at Western as well, so when you were first recruiting him, and and then then to this point now that he's a senior, how have you seen him grow? How have you seen him
3: develop? Well, it was unbelievable. Uh, He wasn't really recruited out of high school, and he was only about 6'2", but he happened to have you know, a great game in a playoff game at Hell and High and they knocked off Hell and High and one of my ex players and one of my ex assistant, uh, Jason Mergel, was coaching there and he he said you better go after Darko Kelly, so uh, got on him immediately and fortunately there wasn't a whole bunch of other people recruiting him and he signed with us at Western and a little bit we didn't know he was gonna get to six six but uh, so he grew a little bit but I mean, we had some good players at Western, and he worked hard, and, um, you know, all credit to him. He's he's made himself into a great player. The other
0: guy on your roster I want to ask you about is Jackson Hashley. I've spent a lot of my career covering Montana State football. I know he was a big-time recruit for the Bobcats coming out of Cowspell Glacier, but then suffered some bad injuries and and had to hang up the cleats in football, but sort of remakes himself on the basketball court. So uh, what's that evolution been like to watch?
3: Well, it's been awesome, you know, and Jackson's had five surgeries on on his one knee, and um, but, you know, he's a solidifying force for us in the middle, you know, he does a lot of great things, and he's a double-double guy pretty much every night, and he, he can score just back to the basket, he's hit some threes for us, he takes charges, he rebounds, uh, he does a little bit of everything, you know, I had a great career up in Glacier, and um, we're glad we got him. I'm glad he decided not to play football and play basketball because he's an outstanding basketball player.
0: Steve Keller joining us. He's the head coach for the Providence Argos. They are the Frontier Conference Tournament champions. As of earlier this week, they are headed to the NAIA National Tournament as a top seed. They'll play in Omaha. They'll actually get to play at Creighton's Gym this upcoming weekend. So, Coach, tell us about that element. I- I've learned a little bit more about Creighton than maybe a lot of people in Montana, just because Brian Fish spent a good amount of his time at Creighton before then coming to Montana State. But it's a uh, school that's steeped in basketball history, one of the great... Uh, I guess you can't even call them a mid-major at this point. It's a high-major program, even if they once were a mid-major. So, what do you think that's going to be like for your guys to be able to go play in that gym and in, in, in one of the great basketball towns in America?
3: Well, it's just awesome for our guys to get a, get to play in a facility like that. Uh, you know, we haven't we haven't been fortunate enough to be able to go to play uh, University of Montana or Montana State the last couple of years. So, it's it's really nice that our guys can go play in that facility and. And then, of course, if we could somehow manage to win one game there, then it's off to Kansas City in that metropolitan auditorium that's got a huge history uh great facility uh it's over hundred years old, but just an awesome place to play and and the good part about you know getting at the national level and being able to to compete out there is once the guys experience that it it's instant motivation for them to to work hard in the off season and and try to get back to the national tournament again.
0: I had forgotten that when you were at Western that it, it, you had not actually won the Frontier Tournament title. I know you've been to the National Tournament many times, I think seven times, uh, and uh, multiple regular season titles as well. But when you get to actually cut down the nets in the Frontier Conference Championship game, and, and then you know that you have a secured seat, you're not waiting for an at-large bid, what's the difference then between that and, and uh, sort of sitting there and wondering, okay, are we going to get in? Okay, we did get in. But when you know you're going, that must be sort of a relief as a coach.
3: Well, it was, yeah, it was an awesome experience for me. I, I know that I haven't enjoyed the wins as much as I probably should. I know I take the losses pretty hard, but um, I was pretty happy. The players were extremely excited to be able to cut down the nets in their own gym. In fact, we talked about, you know, that in pregame that, you know, we didn't watch, want to watch somebody else cut down our nets in our gym. So um, I don't know what what they decided, but boy, they were ready to play from the get-go, and, and then when the second half started, they they played at another level, which I haven't seen them do. We had played a lot of good first halves and a lot of good second halves, but we never played a full 40 minutes, and we were pretty close to playing a full 40 minutes that night. Steve Keller joining us.
0: and Coach, when you first made the decision to go to Providence, what all went into it, and what's it been like coaching in a league that you spent more than a decade in, but then just at a different school?
3: Well, it, it was hard. it was a financial decision for me um, and then, of course, Dave Gant was the athletic director and still is, and Doug Hashley, who you know had a great relationship through throughout the years, coached against him um, so just one of those things you know that um yeah, they asked if I wanted to move. I wasn't looking to move, but uh, financially it was a good fit, and and we decided to do it. I loved it at Western, and we had a great program going there, and I got great friends there. In fact, I'm going to run into a bunch bunch of them tonight. As you know, as we go, uh, Dylan's playing in the state A tournament here in Great Falls, so I'm going to see a bunch of them. So Dylan was an awesome place in Western, and we actually went the national tournament eight out of nine years and gotten in the lead eight a couple of times and sweet 16 a couple of times. So had some good success there. The frontier
0: conference in general, it's always uh, a competitive league, but how do you think this year's frontier conference prepared you now for this, uh, this upcoming NAI men's national tournament?
3: Well, we played Montana tech four times and we played Carroll five times and I'll tell you right now, they're, they're a team that you don't want to play, either one of those two, and we had you know, we had some success. We, we beat uh, Montana Tech four out of four, and we beat Carroll four out of five, and that never happens much, but our league, number six, can beat number one, so you've got to be ready to go every night, and, and it, it just playing in our league, and now this year, beings even played each other four times. We played Carroll the fifth time in the championship. It just it prepares you for that national level.
0: University of Providence men's basketball team, they're heading to Omaha. They're going to play at Creighton. Uh, This weekend they will play the winner of Texas Texarkana A&M as well as Bethel, Indiana. And, Coach, what's that process like when you don't know your actual defined opponent?
3: Yeah, it's kind of hard, you know, but... um, just, I know what styles both of them play, and um, you know checking stats right now. We haven't watched a lot of film on them yet. We'll be doing that a little bit later. Um, you know, it, it's just it's just like a regular going to a national tournament game in Kansas City when thirty two teams went. You know that first round opponent is going to be good, and you got to find find ways to beat them. We're playing two team, either team is completely different styles, but uh, both of them like up, up-tempo style, and and that's kind of the way we like to play. Last
0: well, thing for you, then, what is the biggest difference from a mindset that you want your team to have now that you are on the biggest stage for the NAIA National Tournament?
3: Well, yeah, we just, if we can play anywhere close to where we did uh, last Tuesday night in the championship game, we're, we're, we get a chance to to beat anybody in the country. I We're we're a little bit undersized, but we got really good guards and our post guys are very efficient. And um, so, yeah, it, it, the biggest thing that we have a trouble with in the past is rebounding, you know, cause there are a lot of six, eight, six, nine guys out there and it's hard to keep them off the boards, but uh, they also have to guard us and we're averaging about 87, 88 a game. And, um, and then, re- in the last two games in the tournament, we gave up 56 and 57. So we haven't done that hardly all year. So if we, I tell our guys, if we guard a little bit, it makes us uh, a tougher matchup.
0: He's Steve Killer, He's the head coach for the University of Providence men's basketball team. He is a Montana Coaches Hall of Famer, and the leading man for the number one seed in this week's NAI Men's National Tournament. Coach, congratulations on all your success thus far. Thanks so much for joining us, and best of luck this upcoming weekend. I know on behalf of everybody in Montana, everybody's rooting for the Argos for sure. So uh, big, take care of business for all of us, and uh, everybody's proud of you. Thanks so much for joining us. All
3: right. Thanks, Holder.
0: Excuse me. I need to, take, to turn my mic up there. Listen to Nuwanez now. That was Steve Keller. Head coach of the University of Providence men's basketball team, his Argos, a number one seat they play in the NAIA national tournament later on this week. I am Colton Nuanas. I am broadcasting live from Idaho Central Arena in Boise, Idaho. Thanks so much to the Opportunity Bank for being the sponsor of our coaches corner. That's one of the coolest parts about Montana's all the great coaches. Steve Keller has had so much success from his time as an assistant on Gary Turkot's staff at Carroll College to his time as the Helena High, both boys and girls basketball coach. Multiple state championships for the Bengals on both the boys' and girls' side. Great coach of Montana Western. Now he's really making his mark at the University of Providence in Great Falls as well. Got to get out more on Nuanas Now live from Boise. I have an excerpt from Grizz Great's Kelly Stensrud right after this.
1: To more.
0: Again, to Nuanes Now. I'm Coulter Nuanes coming to you live from Boise, Idaho. It is Nuanes Now, your one stop shop for all things sports around the Treasure State each and every weekday from 4 to 6 p.m. right here on 102.9 ESPN Missoula or on SWX Montana television statewide. Action playing out right in front of us. Idaho's women versus Northern Arizona's women. That's the second-seeded Vandals and the seventh-seeded Lumberjacks for those that are counting. Idaho up 25-14 about midway through the second quarter. The uh, winner of this quarterfinal will be the third team to advance to the women's semifinals. So the women's tournament marching right along. Men's tournament will take place tomorrow. Gets underway at 9 a.m., three first-round men's games tomorrow, including uh, the men, Grizz. We might get a little uh, preview of that here in the, uh, the last segment. But right now, we have to share another one of our great Grizz Greats podcasts. It was a 25-part podcast series. We're finishing it up this week in terms of the excerpts that we're sharing on the radio. You can go to grizzgreats.com or go to any of your various podcasting platforms and download. Please rate, review, subscribe. There's a 25-part podcast series commemorating the 25th anniversary of Montana's 1995 National Championship. Kelly Stensrud, he's a native of Missoula. He was a senior running back on that 95 Grizz team. He scored 10 touchdowns for the National Championship Grizz. Missoula Hellgate product. And a guy that stayed in Missoula after his graduation, so a guy that has had a lot of time to uh, reminisce and... Think about this because I think that people probably talk to him about this all the time. Still, 25 years later, here's Kelly Stenzrud, Grizz Greats.
5: Dave got sacked 11 times, man. Yeah. It was not good. <laughs> what happened, Kelly? Where's the pass pro, dude? Trying. We were trying. <laughs> I remember getting tossed around a couple times by Billy Lyons out there and uh, <laughs> literally ragged all off to the side. And we're like, well, we're going to have to try a different technique. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Grizz Grace, the silver anniversary of the 1995 national champions. I am Colter Niwanez from 102.9 FM ESPN Missoula. And Grizz Grace is proudly presented by First Security Bank of Missoula and Blackfoot Communications. Grizz Grace is a 25-part podcast series chronicling the 25th anniversary of Montana's run to the 1995 Division I AA football championship. In this Grizz Greats episode, we feature a native Missoulian, Kelly Stensrud, who's a senior running back out of Missoula Hellgate for that 1995 National Championship team. During that 1995 season, Stensrud caught 43 passes for 400 yards and three touchdowns and also rushed for 269 yards and six more scores. Back then, Montana not running the ball very much. No one on the team had more than 70 attempts, which Stensrud did have to lead the Grizzlies that season. And a lot of times, the running backs were just an extension of the pass game. We'll get into that with Kelly Stensrud. He also had an outstanding high school career at Missoula Hellgate, helping lead the Knights to a state championship game appearance. Without further ado, Kelly Stensrud, a Missoula native and a senior running back for the 1995 Montana Grizzlies.
1: A lot of people, uh, you know, when they go to college, go out of town, maybe even out of state, and it's a whole new place, a whole new thing. You obviously stayed very close that said to my mind Going on to a university campus and becoming a college student—it wouldn't matter if you grew up in the town. It's a whole, it's a revolution. It's a whole new world that sort of opens up when you all of a sudden are maybe living in the dorms. You got roommates. You're somewhat autonomous, and even though maybe you know where the bakery's at, and other people don't, or something like that. I mean, it's it's a it, it's a completely new thing. The the, the veil kind of gets pulled back. So, what do you remember about that? You know, as a freshman stepping onto campus the first first time. Certainly the football part of it, but but also just sort of the life part of it
5: um yeah the uh life part was a little interesting i I still even 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 um being at the dorms i scott spraggins was the other running back from great falls that came in that we were neck and neck in the senior year and um so Scott and I would, we'd go to my mom's house
1: like every Wednesday night for dinner. You know, yeah. so that's not, that's a little bit. That different. is the nice base touch you get to have for a little lasagna in the midweek, right? Yeah,
5: absolutely. Yeah. and So, but yeah, kind of a funny story with the, uh, with the, uh, schooling part. The, my first year we had, uh, we were what, quarters. Okay. So I think there was two football games or something like that before even students were around. And, um, so I was, you know, from Missoula, from you know, obviously you think all my schooling was taken care of. When I rolled into campus, I had no classes, I had no, um, it was it was it was just kind of funny. I think back at it and
1: you just know, a bunch of free time here just, and all of well,
5: I had, I mean, I wasn't
1: registered. Yeah,
5: ah, and right. I was from Missoula, you know, <laughs> and I was like orientation. What, there was an orientation. Right. What, did I, what did I miss? <laughs>
0: What do you remember about your specific recruiting class? We've talked to um, a lot of the guys that were part of that junior class that were juniors in '95 that came in together, uh, like Boucher and Kempert and those guys. But we haven't heard much about the, the class of, of yours. So when you first got to campus, what do you remember about just about the dynamic of that class and the guys that were in it?
5: Um, obviously, we, you know, I, I um, you know, there was Mike Kowalski, Spragans, mm-hmm. um Manzanares, Eric Simonson, um, you know, all those guys were a lot bigger than I was when I when I rolled into into <laughs> campus. Um, but
1: yeah, no, Dickinson, obviously the big one. Um, but you didn't know that when you first arrived together, right? When when well, I guess
0: when, the Montana guys probably did though, because yeah, CMR cause had been them, rolled through for what two years in a row and undefeated, right?
5: Yep,
1: yep. So we played
5: CMR my senior year in Missoula and got rolled but and um i remember you know having a uh on a punt return from uh manzanaris one time he was the center and the first one down i was a returner you know in high school just laid me out and uh, so i knew of all these guys (laughs) all the all the montana guys that were they were coming and uh you know, it was a great group of guys that, that uh, for the most part, everybody stuck stuck around. Everybody made it through. So,
0: Because you saw Dave Dickinson at a young age, some people, I think, that maybe didn't know about Dave. They didn't know what he would become when he first started breaking out. People didn't know that he was going to become this transcendent guy. But it seems to me that some of the guys around Montana kind of knew. Now, do you remember, like, your impressions of him the first time you saw him? And when he was fighting for that quarterback job? you probably weren't that surprised that you ended up beating out, you know, Burt
5: Wilberger and everybody else. Right, yeah, definitely not surprised. Um, like, I, I've heard, you know, other stories before, but he was, you know, obviously undersized, didn't look like a quarterback, kind of looked like the, you know, a, a college student more than a, a quarterback, and, uh, um, but listening, but playing against him, and obviously being in the same state all the high school career, I mean, he had a amazing career, and he was a
1: you know, awesome competitor, awesome athlete. and But at the same time, when you show up to, 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 the team for the first time, like just about nobody knows exactly where they're going to fit in and other guys from other States and, uh, you know, upperclassmen being there and that kind of thing uh, for you, particularly when you got there, what did you think your chances were of, of being able to work your way into a position where you were a contributor then obviously eventually a, a starter and a mainstay on that offensive you know, the side of the ball?
5: Um, so, my freshman year Tony Rice was a running back and he was a great running back Um, um, luckily for me I guess there was there wasn't many there wasn't much after him so so like going into my I redshirted the first year freshman year he was there and then the sophomore year there was not a ton of running backs I guess so so that kind of worked in my advantage I guess so Learning to play running back in that system, did you have to kind of relearn the position?
0: Because it's distinctly different than being an option veer type running back.
5: Yeah, uh, the veer type, yeah, you're in a three-point stance in the backfield. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, definitely a different, uh, I, I mean, I feel like the, our, our position at the university was a fullback, but it was a another receiver basically right. out of the backfield. You know, we ran a ton of screens. Um I feel like the reason I got to play was because I didn't drop the ball and I was a decent blocker.
4: to more
1: so Grizz Greats the silver anniversary of the 1995 national champions is sponsored by First Security Bank and Coulter while First Security has long been a supporter of the University of Montana and UM athletics people might be surprised to know how much First Security Bank in fact influenced the University of Montana program and the path they were on directly Back in 1993,
0: the Grizz were on their way to their second ever berth in the Division One AA playoffs. Previously, in 1989, the only other time Montana had made it to the Division One AA playoffs, and at that time first-round home games awarded via a bidding process. And so to help support the Grizz football team as well as fortify the faith throughout the community of Missoula, Bill Boucher, former president of First Security Bank, stepped up to the table to help the University of Montana guarantee any potential revenue lost for the first round of the playoffs. And, of course, That was recouped in a big way as the University of Montana in 1993 then started the first of 17 straight playoff berths. And in 1995, that local optimism was turned into national prominence as Montana made a run all the way to the 1995 National
1: Championship. First Security Bank is proud to sponsor Grizz Greats and this 25-part podcast series commemorating the silver anniversary of the 1995 National Champions for Security Bank a proud supporter of Grizz Athletics and the University of Montana. I want to ask you about that because, I mean, I would guess you caught almost no balls in high school, uh, you know, in, in your position. And people talk about all the time about how hands are one thing, but just learning the art of catching the ball, especially out of the backfield. So how much did you have to work on that? How much came naturally to you? And why do you think that was something that you ended up being very successful in? Um, I think it I, I think it for the most part kind of came
5: natural for me um, but obviously different I mean co- coming from high school to college is a huge huge jump you know all the film study and reading the defenses and you know picking up the blitzes and all that stuff is you know night and day difference but
1: you know picking up Blitzes, right? You know, pass pro and that. So I, I, I get all that where you gotta be able to read a defense and kinda understand where it looks like a blitz might be coming from being in position and that kind of thing. Okay, you know, you're gonna run the play. But also when you get the ball in your hands, I mean, it's just instinctual, right? Like it's just like you just gotta just go, right? I mean, how much of how much how much preparation is there and then how much is there just who who are the dudes that can make plays in a given you know, in a given moment? Mm. Right, I think. Yeah, I think. I mean, there's definitely
5: a lot of preparation involved in it, but um, you know, being able to catch the ball and have good hands is is a, is one is one part of it. Um, but yeah, once once you get the ball in your hands, you turn up field and the way you go. So yeah, <laughs> it's amazing analyzing the statistics uh, because
0: you guys hardly ran the ball uh, in '94, '95. I think that yourself, Josh, Brandy,
5: you guys both had like 75 carries, but it had like 50 catches though, right? So. Right, yeah. Each of us had like yeah split time all the time. I split right. time in, in my senior year with Josh and um, Damon Body before that. And uh, yeah, we had a ton of catches. I mean, it was basically another, they weren't most of the time huge catches, but it was basically a check down little running play is what we ended up doing. So, The, the intricacies
0: of that, how important is just the timing, the offensive line play, all that sort of stuff. Because, I mean, like, the screen game, we've heard the legends of Don Reed's screen game. I mean, you guys had, like, NFL teams coming to watch you to try to figure out what sort of things Don Reed was doing in the screen game. So just take us
5: through a screen play developing in those days. Um, yeah, I feel like it's a little different than it is today. I don't know if the defenses are faster or, or what, but the screens in our era were, I mean, they were awesome. They were, I mean... We ran little uh, running back screens. I mean, the running back was part of almost all of the screens, like as one of the outlets. And uh, um, I I don't know if, uh, I think, like I said, the defense is maybe faster now, or I I don't know. You don't see them like they don't see the screen game you see screens now and again, but not not as not like you did in the nineties, I guess.
0: And when you look at the the offensive line play too, I mean that's the most interesting part to me is those guys were big guys to be sure, but it's it's not like it is now where everybody wants these 310, three hundred and ten, three hundred fifteen pounders. Like guys like Kempert and Ag, like they're huge, but they can run. They're two hundred eighty pounds. With great athletes, get out in front of you and stuff like that. I mean, how key do you think the athleticism of the offensive line was to operate that system?
5: Oh, I think it's a yeah, a big. A, you know huge key um like you said Kemper and AG um Zellick Jeff Zellick I mean all those guys were amazing athletes you know um they they I, I don't know about uh, if they would ever felt bad about not running the ball them with the running backs but uh
1: I guess not when you score as many points as we did it didn't matter so. right uh was it fun like your role in the offense was it fun oh yeah yeah it
5: was it was a ton of fun i mean you got like I said, you know we caught forty, fifty balls a year, and you know we had our hands on the ball a lot. So it was—I mean, I think the offense in general is just kind of a high-flying, um, fun, entertaining offense for sure. So
0: set the stage for us leading up to nineteen ninety-five. You got nineteen ninety-three season. You guys have a great year, competitive in the Big Sky Conference, competitive with your rivals. and it sort of comes to an abrupt end with the Delaware game, losing by a point. Do you remember that specific game and how disappointing that loss was?
5: Um, I do remember that game. Um, There was, yeah, there's crazy one point loss, and we were we were playing a running team, which was crazy, and that they could keep up with us. And, uh, um, you know, I think there was a that that team was a great team as well uh, as well as the '94 team. I mean, the running back, senior running back for the
0: 1995. Montana Grizzlies. Our latest excerpt of Grizz Greats, the silver anniversary of the 1995 National Champions, a 25 part podcast series commemorating Montana's first run of the Division I AA national title. About 25 years and change ago, we'll be rolling out a couple more Grizz Greats throughout the week, and then we will be all finished up with that awesome podcast series. Worthwhile your listen, I promise. It was really fun to make, a lot of really fun memories from all the guys on that 1995 National Championship team. Listen to Nuanes now on 1029 ESPN Missoula as well as statewide SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter Nuanes. We're broadcasting to you live from Boise, Idaho. We're at the Big Sky Conference basketball tournaments. Give me an update on the tournaments. We'll also give you a preview of tonight's Montana State game against Sacramento State and a look at the Grizz men tomorrow. Back after this, right here on 1029 ESPN
1: Missoula
0: A Tuesday. Hope everybody else is grooving too. Welcome back into Nwana is Now, 1029 ESPN, Missoula, or statewide on SWX Montana television. If you missed anything in the show today, another great show. We had a full recap and uh, analysis of what happened last night in Boise. The Lady Grizz fall to number 11 Sacramento State. First time that the last place team has ever won a game in the Big Sky Conference Women's Tournament. So, Sean Rainey from SWX Montana, Rad Corcoran, Voice the Grizz, and myself. Colter Nuwana's broke all that down. Also got you gave you some feedback um, from Mike Petrino, Abby Anderson, and Sophia Stiles from last night's post-game press conference. We also had our Treasure State Stars featuring some of the best amateur athletes from around the state of Montana. We also shared an excerpt from Grizz Greats, Kelly Stensrud, senior running back on the 1995 Grizz. Great interview with him. And, of course, Steve Keller joining us on our Coach's Corner. He's the head coach for the University of Providence Men's basketball team. We're about halfway through the third game of the Big Sky Conference quarterfinals in the women's tournament. The Idaho Vandals lead Northern Arizona 34-17. It was all Vandals in the first half. Gabby Harrington, a former Montana Grizzly, former Lady Grizz, she had 14 points and 9 rebounds to pace the Vandals to their first half lead. Great defense by Idaho. Uh, to get this thing, get this lead built up. Idaho did not shoot the ball particularly well. They were four of 16 from deep. Harrington was actually only two of nine from beyond the arc, but she hustled her way to, to 14 points and nine rebounds. Idaho just four of 16 from beyond the arc. The shot is 38% overall, but they held NAU to 20% shooting, including one of 11 from the floor. So the Vandals look like they're knocking on the door of a semifinal berth, which is pretty much status quo for John Newley's program uh, at this point in the arc of that program and uh, they will then play the winner of tonight's nightcap. The nightcap features Montana State, the third seed, I guess we thought was going to be the Lady Grizz, but instead it's Sacramento State. And so uh, Riley will start there. Riley Corcoran back on the mic with me. Thanks so much for being in and out today, my man. But uh, Sac State... They do deserve credit last for beating the Lady Grizz last night. They played really hard, they played with confidence and, and uh they they outplayed the Lady Grizz in both of those elements of the game, even though they were overmatched talent wise. But I mean, do you believe in, in harnessing that sort of momentum going into a second game? Or, you, or, or is Sac State
6: about to just hit a wall? Do you, do you want me to create drama for tonight or not? Because what I, I mean, re- what I really think is going to happen is that wall is going to be hit maybe in the first three minutes exactly. in the form of Darian White in the three-point shooting of Montana State. So, uh, I mean, give credit to Sac State. That's a great win. Bunky Harkle Road potentially could be fighting for his job. I know it's the final year contract of his contract. Sure. So, um, maybe a good showing. I mean, you beat Montana and have a good showing against Montana State state that might get you a couple more years i'm not sure that's probably what sac state's playing for they had the fight but colt you see, it. i mean w- when you have a monumental upset as you've talked about when you get that first win you pour so much into it and to try and bring that one more time on the very next night 24 hours later against a better team on paper boy the odds are really stacked against sacramento State. i'd be shocked if this game is close
0: Well the thing is too is, is actually Bucky harker is a good in-game coach he can pull some some twists and some rabbits out of his hat from time to time. The biggest disadvantage I think Sac State's got coming into this game is not only are they coming off of a massive high from last night's win over Lady Grizz, but they also... Played Montana State less than a week ago. So, the, Montana State, the scout is fresh in their minds. The last time Montana State played was against Sac State. And so, uh, you know, and, and Sac State put a scare into Montana State on Wednesday, and then they drew, Montana State drilled Sac State on Saturday. But they're not going to take Sac State lightly for, for two reasons. One, they already got scared by him less than a week ago. And two, they watched them beat Montana State's rival last night. The
6: only there, There's only two reasons why Montana State would struggle tonight. Number one would just be overlooking Sacramento State and sure. already looking at this potential matchup, which it truly looks like it's going to be Idaho. They, they've had to hear it all week long. Okay, it's going to be Montana State and Idaho in the semis. Well, they're close to doing that and then just to go ice cold. I mean, that, that's what exactly. – uh, Those are probably the only two ways I could see it. Darian White, I mean, come on, just coming back home. It's that – storybook situation. Coach Binford got to see her a little bit last night. We stayed six feet apart and kind of chatted. Um, Congrats on the co coach of the year for her. Um, Phenomenal what they're doing. And I I think that they are primed for this semifinal matchup. I'm so excited for tomorrow, Culture. I know that um, not only are the Grizzlies playing, but five games and those women's semifinals at 6 and 9 o'clock. How much of a treat is that going to be? 9 p.m. tomorrow night. More than likely, Idaho and Montana State. Talk Talk about fireworks. That that will be a great cap to a full day of basketball. No question. We only
0: got about a minute and a half, but uh, I think that we talked in the first segment about the broad um, confidence that needs to be restored at the University of Montana Athletic Department. And so to me, tomorrow's Grizz game is huge, not just for the Grizz basketball team, because in fact it's not of that much consequence for the Grizz basketball team. Travis DeCure has, has proven that he's the best coach at the school at this exact moment. He's one at the highest level of any coach right now, at least in his most recent tenure, but they just can't have both teams limping in, not getting buys, and limping home. After one and done, so I don't expect Montana to have any trouble with Idaho tomorrow night. But I think it's a, it's the game is, it, it means more than just for the Grimm's basketball firm. This is for the University of Montana, the, athletic department.
6: The athletic department needs some positive mojo. I think that's an obvious statement, but one that the men's basketball team can provide really in the next two days, Colter, because t- tomorrow would be obviously a big step just to get some positive mojo. But then that matchup against Weber State, I, I know it's down the road, and I don't know if I'll be on with you tomorrow to talk about it. But what a treat that would be. The top two in wins, the top two in title appearances. It would be very fitting if that was the nightcap Thursday. We have such a great slate set up the next couple of days with potential matchups. It's going to be awesome.
0: Thanks so much for listening in to Nuwanez Now, your favorite daily sports talk show around the state of Montana each and every weekday. We'll be back with you, 4 p.m. Mount Standard Time tomorrow. It's going to be a busy day. 9 a.m. tip gets the men's tournament started. Sac State versus Northern Colorado. NAU Portland State play at noon. Idaho-Montana play at 3 p.m. Then the women's semifinals at 6 and 9 p.m. We'll have full updates on all of it for you when we circle back around tomorrow. We appreciate you listening. For Sean Rainey, Crystal Redpath, and Riley Corcoran, I'm Coulter Nuanez. Be good.
4: Connect to more.